evening, and welcome to a very, very special episode of Prospects After Dark. Uh, at this point, we're basically just lying about how special an episode of Prospects uh, After Dark may or might not be. Uh, it's special tonight, this episode of Prospects After Dark, because apparently my little setup here isn't going to work, and the camera is just going to oscillate back and forth the entire time. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to a New Year's Eve-ish episode of Prospects After Dark. Uh, as you know, I am your host. I am Kyle Reese. Hello, not really. What's up? Uh, I'm Kyle Reese. I'm your host for Birds on the Black. Yeah, this thing is going to act stupid all night. I can tell already. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, Jesus. Gifts, our little uh, our little setup thing isn't working right. All right. Hello, everyone. So, we don't really have a ton to talk about tonight. You know, normally, under most circumstances, we have uh, signings. We have prospects. We have roster moves. We've already talked about Andrew Miller. We've already talked about uh, Paul Goldschmidt, all that stuff. So tonight, I would imagine we have somewhat of a low-key night, and we see where the night takes us. Look, uh, w exactly, as Sam Smitty says, what up, pad people? Going to bed with Kyle here in London. So hot. Hey, Eric B., I hope you enjoy London, man. Uh, that's really awesome. Sweaty, hello. Uh, so again, I'm going to let you guys, as always, decide what direction we take this in tonight. I don't really have a preference. I don't really have much to say. Uh, again, you know, we want to go over the Andrew Miller signing again. We can. We can get excited about that. Uh, is Mike Palo? <laughs> I know where that's going. Uh, thoughts on Hosmer from Ryan Shule. Uh, Ryan, uh, you poor son of a bitch, you. Favorite Cardinals story of the year? Uh, you know, C70, I'm not really one to get much into like narratives and stories. Uh, you know where I sit on a lot of this stuff. I'm, usually where I get excited uh, in regards to like stories and retrospect. I like the prospect stories. You know, Daniel Ponce de Leon making his major league debut. I like that quite a bit. Uh, I didn't get to watch that game when it happened. I was pretty disappointed about that. So for him to, you know, march a no-hitter as deep as he did, that was a really awesome moment. Uh, you know, I, I remember moments more so than I remember the storylines. I think you'd be hard-pressed to argue that there wasn't a better moment than... And this is sad because I'm not one of these people to beat up on Mike Matheny, but the story of the year was Mike Matheny getting fired. It, the Cardinals didn't make the playoffs, so it's Mike Matheny getting fired. Uh, isn't it slowly making more sense for J-Mart to be a bench bat and follow insurance? Uh, I don't know if I saw that. Uh, right, hold on, Burley. Isn't it slowly making more sense to keep J-Mart for the bench bat and follow insurance? In my mind, that Tyler O'Neill ends up being Fowler's insurance, but I do think that there's merit behind Jose Martinez being the bench bat. Uh, the right-handed power, you can't really, you know, right-handed, a right-handed patient hitter you can't really beat and if the right hand and this is what we keep going back to from the bat off the bench if the right hander is as good as your left handers against right-handed hitters then it doesn't make sense to trade him just to trade him uh whitewater attorney uh let's see where are we out over here uh hey kyle adam here with caleb hey my my uh my people uh did you find green tile no i did not michael um is it me or does the beard appear to be extra shaggy tonight? It is a little bit longer. As a matter of fact, I meant to trim up my head, and I didn't have time to do it. I've been running around a little bit all day today. Uh, what did you get for Xmas? So my family's a little bit different. Uh, we didn't do much in the way of, like, present exchange. That's not how we do it. But I will say, uh, I, have some, I work with and I have some of the sweetest, awesome, you know, they're kind of country bumpkins, but the guys that work for me are awesome. They gave me uh, five bottles of bourbon. Uh, the, one of the ladies I work with made me a, a little Christmas basket, and that's what this bear right here is. Uh, that's from um, the one of the the women I work with. Her name's Mary Martin. She gave me a bear and a book about ballparks and Cracker Jack and popcorn, and she just made me a little basket. Uh, one of my other supervisors got me uh, a gift card to Texas Roadhouse. Uh, I am hashtag blessed 
to work for the work with the people that I work for or work with the people that I work with and have the people working for me that work for me. Uh, hey, Tom, how are you? Hey, Beth, Jen and I are watching. Hello. Uh, so I was fortunate enough a little while ago. Uh, that's where I'm coming from tonight. I had dinner with my old friend, Jen, my old friend, Beth and Beth's lovely and amazing, uh, beautiful family, uh, their daughter. Uh, first off, her husband, Tom, who is a great guy, and also their daughter, uh, uh, Abby, who is beautiful and wonderful and hilarious, uh, gets a little into it at dinner, which was great. Uh, but two, real fast, our first drink tonight is to Tom and Abby and Beth and Jen. Oh, I didn't bring the booze out. Oh, God, I didn't bring the booze out. We're going to have to make a trip to the kitchen real fast. To you guys. All right, hold on one second. Uh, stay right there. Hey, girl. How you living? Yeah, backs. I backs for this. So tonight's booze is the Elijah Craig Small Batch from 1789. Uh, that's from my guys at work. So to my guys at work and Mr. Hicks, Mr. Jason Hicks, father of Jordan, uh, husband of Jennifer. To the Hicks family, we raise our glass. Uh, apartment tour, please. No apartment tour. Only very, very special people get the apartment tour. Uh, one of these days, maybe. One of these days, maybe. Uh, Cuddy. Wow, somebody's drinking Cuddy. A little going, uh, that old nasty scotch. Good for you. Uh, will Wayno be in the rotation all year from, uh, from the Whitewater attorney, uh, uh, Adam Van Grack, his son, Caleb asks, you know, I don't think one step at a time, uh, there's no telling if he is in the rotation all year, that's good news. That means that he had one final good last hurrah and that makes me happy. So I would say no if I'm guessing, but you just never know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> without a doubt, um, without a doubt, uh, Cards Gifts would get the apartment tour. Uh, one person at a time. Jen and Beth, stop texting me. There's too much going on on the screen. Uh, Miller Mean Cecil is DFA from St. Louis Sports. Ryan, I do not believe so, Ryan. Um, we'll see. It depends on what the next roster move is. But the Cardinals, you know, they're still going to try to recoup their costs from Gregerson and Cecil. Again, I think it would take maybe another high-caliber lefty like Britton or Will Smith or Watson or Meza, like something like that for them to DFA him, and I still don't think they are. I think they're going to hope that he comes back healthy both physically and mentally and try to capitalize off of it. Hey, friggin' Cards is in here. Our good friend friggin' Cards, brother from another brother from another mother to, to the friggin' Cards. I raise my glass. B-Love who slides in and says, what's up, babe? Sup, B-Love. So how about this? Look, uh, we have questions coming in. I know there's a while left to the offseason, but who comes off the 40-man for Pena? That's something that'll be decided in camp. Uh, you know, we're going to have to wait and see. There's no telling who gets hurt or what happens to who uh, before that shakes out. Like right now, my guess, uh, I would do Justin Williams, but I don't know what they would do. Anybody else feed Fuzzy or is my Wi-Fi whack? Uh, where did my sound go? Oh, no. Oh, God, what's going on? Are we having technical difficulties? I don't know what's going on, fam. Uh, let's see. Me too. All right, hold on. How about this? Uh, let's reset and start over and see if we get anything. Uh, feed has been fuzzy. The fuzzy avocado episode. I like that this is the fuzzy avocado episode. Uh, I need the beer. If you can't hear, just refresh. Yeah. Oh, hey, my cousin Charlie's in here. Uh, it's a little fuzzy, but I can hear. All right, here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to shut down and we're going to go again. Gifts, I'm going to shut down and go again. All right, uh, shutting down, going again. Technical difficulties. Oh, I get what's going on. Welcome to Intermission. 
right, let's try this again. I'm not exactly sure what's going on. I don't know what's going on, guys. My periscope is acting stupid. All right, I'm going to try this, and then we're going to try... There we go. I don't know what's going on. This is definitely on my end. Uh, I, don't, I don't know exactly what's going on, uh, but we're going to try again. Hello, everybody. Welcome to part two of the New Year's episode of Prospects After Dark. Uh, apparently, we're getting it all out of our system uh, as we enter the 2019 season. So one thing you need to know about me is uh, I, more than likely, uh, I will be calling the 2019 year... 2018 for at least four months. So be prepared for that. Uh, I'll stumble upon talking about this coming year as 2020 uh, and as 2019 and as 2018. I'm going to have a lot of trouble keeping that together. And uh, boy, I, I, don't, I don't know. But again, sorry about the technical difficulties. Uh, I was getting text messages and my phone was acting all stupid. So that's on my end. Uh, that was quite the ride, someone says. Yeah, man, we got it all crazy like. It was quite the ride. Uh, you know, one little bit of news we're talking about maybe uh, is uh, uh, Manny Machado. We can maybe talk about that, right? It's been rumored that Manny Machado is going to sign with the Yankees. Uh, I'm anxious to see how that uh, that all goes. And by the way, Cards Gifts, that a la Moses is my cousin Charlie. Uh, now I don't have to squint like you to see it. Sorry about that. When your avocados go bad, it's a mess. This is what happens when you take the avocados out of the crisper. Uh, hey, guys. Helpful tip uh, for sound. Click to unmute. Ha <laughs> ha! It's Ashley. Um, I don't know anything about sicko mode. I'm sorry about that. Uh, hello, Braun, not Brown. Hello, we haven't had you in a couple of weeks. Welcome to our little thing. Uh, what a la Moses. Yeah, we just found that out for a fact um, a little while ago. Oh, I'll laugh my ass off. Cheers. Uh, do you actually like avocados? Yeah, I like a good avocado. I'll eat my own people. I'm not scared. By the way, look at this beautiful shirt. Look at this thing. I avocado pad. Isn't this beautiful? I'm so happy, you guys. This is all about you. Uh, bro, I almost bought you avocado temporary tattoo today. Thanks for the rattle, Charlie. Uh, Kyle, what are your New Year's resolutions? Do we want to get serious or do we want to joke around? Look, my New Year's resolution is to uh, uh, buy a Swedish penis enlarger. I would like to uh, uh, fly around the world in 80 days. Um, I would enjoy... Uh, oh no, on a serious note, there's something going on in my life that I'm really excited about. New Year's is a big night, uh, a big day thing, kind of. Anyways, there's this person and I like her and hopefully it sticks around. Uh, you're like a walking billboard sellout from Travis Janik. You know, that's kind of a big thing. Kyle, get, in a, uh, get a permanent avocado tattoo. I'm going to get an avocado tattoo right here uh, just to replace this thing. What cards writer will you troll bash the most in 2019? See, this is a lot more fun when I know you're my cousin. Not just avocados, upside down avocados. Hunter took avocado girl from Kyle. No, no, it ain't like that. Uh, Swedish know nothing about enlargement. Go Dutch. Thank you very much, sweaty teddy. Uh, any little tidbit works. Sounds like the Yoko of pad A. That's not cool. Uh, avocado, wear the pit in your belly button. That's a good idea. We can do that one night. We'll, we'll fashion the, the pit of an avocado as a ball gag. And I'll wear it all night as a gimp. Uh, Pat New Year's resolution to host an episode at Larry Flint's. That's right. Maggie's got to come in town. And uh, as a group, we're going to do the whole Larry Flint Pat episode. Does Jag get any regular playing time this year? Uh, uh, Adam, I would not think so. You would think that the Cardinals would either have to move Jose Martinez and Tyler O'Neill, or maybe have like three people get injured before that happens. He's in a really weird spot. I don't really know how to appraise Jose Adoles Garcia. Um, I would think that 
he's low, low, low on the pecking order. And it's something we've talked about a lot, especially with him being on the 40-man. I don't know exactly how he fits in. He and Justin Williams, although I'm way higher on Jag than Justin Williams, are kind of men caught in the middle. Uh, unless he has a Munoz-like spring training, I doubt it. But even then, like... If he has a Munoz-like spring training, he would have to play a better center field than Tyler O'Neill to secure that spot. And Tyler O'Neill's not going back down. And as long as Jose Martinez is on this roster, uh, he, he, Jag doesn't have a spot. Percentage chance J-Mark gets moved. Here's what I think is. I think about winter meeting time when the Cardinals had acquired Paul Goldschmidt. I think that the chances were better. I think you're talking about like a 50 to 65% chance. I think that chance has dropped now, especially as Nelson Cruz signs with the Twins. And these little moves keep happening. I think you're talking more than likely maybe 25% at this point that uh, Jose Martinez gets moved. And the other thing to remember with Jose Martinez, and not to say that the court, pardon me, not to say that the Cardinals would make that move only on that. Um, but, like, Jose and Yachty are close. Jose and Benji are close. Make no mistake about it. The Cardinals respect what Jose thinks, or what, 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 uh, what uh, Yachty thinks. And I would imagine that Jose gets a little bit more clout for that. Our AAA outfield now is a 4A outfield. Uh, yeah, it's hard to argue against that. Just remember, Lane Thomas has only had a half a year at AAA. Uh, Randy Rosarena had split time at AAA. And they do have depth. They do have a lot of good outfielders. But it's just another position that they can trade from and still be good. How great is Tommy Pham? Boy. So I do want to talk about these comments real fast from Tommy Pham. Because I think that there's a portion of the fan base that overreacted. Knowing that it was just Tommy Pham saying what Tommy Pham says. When I listened to that, it didn't seem egregious to me. When he was talking about Tampa Bay fans not showing up. And maybe that team needing to move or needing a new stadium. I don't think anything was wrong with that. It reminded me of a couple years back when the St. Louis Rams were in town and Steven Jackson made a comment about fans booing or whatever it was. Look, Tommy Pham addressed a reality. And he did it in a very professional manner when you think about it. Yeah, look, it, Tommy Pham is going to end up being a hot-button topic whenever he opens his mouth and talks about anything, really, at this point. That might be borderline controversial. But go back and listen to what he says. Try to forget that it's Tommy Pham saying it. And tell me that he did something wrong there. Sure, if, if doing wrong is even talking about it in the first place, I, then that's your version of what doing it wrong was. But for me, it was not wrong. And he was accurate. And he wasn't blasphemous. He wasn't hateful. He was just stating fact. And that changes the dynamic for me. Again, go back and listen to it. Pretend that it's Yadier Molina saying it. And tell me what you exactly think. Uh, I missed the Santa suit. We had to hang up the Santa beard. Maybe I'll go grab it later and choke on it like I was doing all day yesterday. Uh, Langston Lil asks, now what about Jerko and the percentage chances of him staying on the Cardinals? This has been a really interesting one. Uh, uh, what do you think about Yachty's comments about not playing for another team? I think I'm not surprised by that. It's funny, you know, uh, a couple, maybe a month back, I put a poll on Twitter, about how many years do you think Yadier Molina is going to play? Two, three, four, or five years. And er like the majority of people selected two years, and people kept going into my comments and saying, Yadi says he only has two more years, blah, blah, blah. If you thought that Yadi only had two more years and you haven't been paying attention, and unless he gets seriously injured, then it's going to be more than two years. Uh, the part about him not playing for another team, I'm not surprised by. The part to take about it, the news to take from it, is that he is probably going to sign an extension in some capacity. Uh, why do people care about Seamart's hair color? Because people get riled up about anything. Look, we're a society built on opinions. Giving our opinions are easier than they've ever been. So people are going to have an opinion about it. And you know what? Sometimes our opinions are based on how many little heart clicks we get. And that 
opinion gets us a lot of heart clicks when we have that opinion. Uh, I think what gets lost in the hair color is that he's still, even if he isn't dedicated and blah, 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 which he clearly is, uh, he's still one of the best pitchers in baseball. Uh, who is still caring about Seymour's hair color from my cousin Charlie? Charlie, you know, a lot of people still are, and you see it on Twitter, and it's a disaster. Uh, let Seymour live his life from Maggie Ladley. Let people live their lives. It's not just about Seymour. You know, uh, Dexter Fowler was golfing with David Ross. Let him golf. Who cares? Like, we have friends from all walks of life uh, that uh, that follow us throughout our lives. It doesn't make sense that just because you're doing something different, uh, you're working for a different company, that you throw your friends from the other company away. Uh, yeah, leave Seymour alone, Christian Rabbit says. Uh, Christian, I know you've been going through some shit. I'm going to raise my glass to you. We talked via DM yesterday. I want you to know that I mean every word of that and to you, my friend. I hope your dad's feeling better. Imagine the reaction if Seymour was the one who wore a Yankees jacket on MLB Network. Oh my God, Quinn, that is a great point. Or an NY jacket, absolutely. From D. Harris Auto, Gomber in the card starting rotation. You're gonna. The only way Gomber finds his way into the starting rotation at this point is if Alex Reyes isn't ready to go. Uh, I have my own thoughts about that. You guys know. If Alex Reyes isn't ready to go, uh, if Wayno doesn't perform, and if Michael Waka gets hurt, like it would need to be a perfect storm for both he and John Gant to make the, rota the rotation. Uh, let's see. The stuff Seymour does in the Dominican is so awesome. Uh, I agree. That, so that's the other thing that we don't see a lot. Uh, uh, only need criticism. Blah, blah, blah. Um, where's that Adam Butler, someone says. One thing that we don't see as fans is how much work the uh, like Dominican players and Puerto Rican players and, and Colombian players put into their homeland in the offseason. And, you know, it's not just Yachty doing it in Puerto Rico, uh, but uh, you see Mart's doing it in the Dominican. Like, these these people that we accuse of being immature, Yasiel Puig, some of his outreach, uh, you know, outreach in Cuba, but, you know, but like some of his work in, 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 in you know, in tough neighborhoods, like, we call these guys childs. And we call them children. We call them infants. We say they're not mature. But they're doing more shit for their home communities than we could ever imagine. Uh, cheers to everyone for a great 2019. Is it fair to declare Nick Plummer a bust? I do not believe so. Look, when the player enters, when the player leaves the organization, call him a bust. He's still 22. He still has a lot of growth. He still has a patient approach. Anything could happen. Uh, but it just doesn't look good. And the thing I tell people all of the time, let's be careful about how we quantify a bust. Sure, we want all of our first-round draft picks to make it to the majors, but only about 60 to 65% of players that were drafted in the first round even make the majors in the first place. And then on top of that, about 66% of that group, or rather 33% of that group, even makes a major league impact. So just think about how rare that is. I don't view it as a bust. A bust is a guy who doesn't make it out of, of rookie ball. Like, uh, And remember, Jake Plummer was hurt. He missed the majority of his first two years because of injury. It's not fair to call uh, 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 Nick Plummer, who I might have just called Jake Plummer. Uh, uh, it's not fair to call him a bust. That's not how it works. Uh, if you want to call him a bust because you're not happy that he hasn't made the major leagues, then feel free to, but that's not where I'm at. Uh, is there any chance we see Nolan Gorman or Alaris Montero in the infield in 2019 or 2020? I think that there's a chance that Montero in 2020, after this coming year, is going to need to be added to the 40-man. And after that, anything could happen. But probably not uh, uh, Nolan Gorman. What are the odds of drunk folk on here from Benjamin Orr? Uh, to you, Benjamin Orr, let's get crunk. Holy Schilt says, oh, God, I think I flew through that. Uh, Plumber's going to make the majors next year. That'd be cool. Uh, the NFL is always publicizing their players. I don't know what that was. Sorry, Blake. Uh, let's see. 
Can't tune in tonight, but I love you, Kyle. I'll listen tomorrow. To you, Kiefer Dean Roach, I love you too, buddy. What are the chances that Marcelo Zuna retires? Or uh, returns, I mean, re-signs after this coming year because he's a free agent? I would say right now less than 25%. Remember, he's a Scott Boris client, which means he's going to want to go to free agency. Um, we'll see where it goes from there. I don't have the highest hopes that it would happen. And plus, it all depends on how Tyler O'Neill continues to shape up. Uh, I'll, I'll say very, very small at this point. From intern Maddie, our good friend, uh, did you see Sweden versus USA last night? I did not. Uh, I did not. I, I heard it was a good game, though. Uh, the Astros effed him by having him start. Oh, we're talking about Appel. Uh, breaking news from Kyle Reese and Marcel retiring. Oh, my God. I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm such a mess of a human being. Oh, what a mess. Uh, why does free agency suck now from Hayden March? Because teams have become so analytically inclined that they're not going to give out dumb contracts anymore. Uh, and also, the winter meetings were boring. And the winter meetings, if they're good, really, really dictate how amazing an offseason could be. I keep forgetting about Giovanni Gallegos. Think he cracks the opening day roster with a good spring. Look, there are a bunch of spots in both the bullpen and... Uh, and maybe the rotation, probably not the rotation, but there's a bunch of spots in the bullpen that are still very much up in flux, uh, are up for debate or uh, available if handled cor correctly. I would think he would have a chance. Look, if he's lights out, then the Cardinals are dumb for not bringing him. But Brebbia, if I remember correctly, was really good last spring too, and it didn't really seem to work out well for him. Those guys who have options are going to be on the shuttle all year. Whether they're on the the uh, the 25 man on opening day really doesn't matter. Gallegos, Gallegos will be in the majors and will be used a lot. Uh, there will be guys who start the year in Memphis that will surprise people. I agree. Seth Elledge is underrated. Graham, you know that I'm on board for that. I like Seth Elledge a lot. Chances of Goldie signing beyond this year from Jake Bryant. Jay, one thing I, I think that the chance. Let me let me answer your question first and then expound on it. I think that there's a very good chance that uh, that Paul Goldschmidt signs a long-term deal with the Cardinals. That seems to be where it's going. Derek Gould's reporting it and telling us all the information. Look, we see the framework for it. Should they? I do not believe so. Uh, I At least this early. I'm about a Paul Goldschmidt contract after this year or midway through this year, if he's willing to talk about it midway through this year. Uh, don't do it now. And one thing that I am not a big fan of that people seem to be jumping on board with, and I understand why because it saves in the long term, but giving him more money for this coming year so that you're not paying him as much later on. Look, don't give him any more than five years. Don't get cute with that. Don't think that you're going to be in good shape. Remember, if, the, if you want to compare him to Matt Holiday, which a lot of people are doing as far as like production at that point, at that age, uh, look at how Matt Holiday's last year and a half went. You know, uh, Don't get yourself in that position. Bring back AJ Przinsky. I'm on board. Can we trade division with the Royals for the next three years? Uh, I would say just next year. If they could get into that that uh, division next year, then I'm all aboard. The White Sox could be a really interesting and devastating team. The White Sox could be one year away from where the Cubs were in 2015. Uh, let's see. Percentage chance that Goldie hits free agency. Uh, I'll say 10%. Uh, we should sign Harper and let Goldie walk. I like that a lot. What's the next move for the Cards to make this offseason? From B. Rick for, uh, I don't know. I wish I could tell you. I thought by now, entering New Year's, that they would have locked up somebody like Bud Norris for a little deal, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Uh, but what's next? I, I don't know. I think that maybe Jerko or maybe J-Mark get traded, but even then, it doesn't make sense. I wouldn't be surprised if, aside from a couple minor moves, you're talking about uh, a guy or a roster, pardon me, a roster that's pretty well set. Uh, what's up with the Yorlin De Los Santos guy? I like his name. Uh, yeah, I believe it's Yorlin De Los Santos. Look, he's your prototypical. Now, okay, let me, let me take a couple steps back. You guys know that I was never a big fan of Magnura Sierra. And you also know that I was never a big fan of Jonathan uh, Machado. I'm not really a big fan of either of those. 
they did really well uh, in the D- in the DSL and the GCL, both uh, Sierra and Jonathan Machado, right? Now, Yorlin has only been to the DSL, and he did really well. But he's that kind of player. Now, he's stockier. He has a better swing built for a little bit more power. And he's probably a better all-around outfielder uh, than... Uh, he's definitely a better outfielder than Jonathan Machado. Not as good of an outfielder as Magnura Sierra. Uh, but he's probably not a center fielder either. I don't, he's kind of a weird outfielder. Has the potential to be a center fielder in the long run. He's still young. He's been productive in the DSL. But he's not worth getting excited about yet. I wouldn't be surprised if when he makes it stateside if he's exposed. Uh, Endgame is a dumb name for the Avengers movie. I have no feelings about it all. Uh, Maggie says, bring me Lars Newpar for the sake of M. Shannon. Yeah, before he dies or gets out of the booth, we need to see Lars Newpar, and he's got a long way to go. I didn't get uh, Sierra either. Uh, he hit one home run in 282 plate appearances. Yeah, Magnura Sierra had a rough go in the majors last year. Um, you know, here's the thing. Like, you don't want to get down on players. You don't want to lose your mind. I respect Magnara Sierra, though. The work he put in, the Cardinals were aggressive because he was on the 40-man, bringing him into the majors last year. I respect that. But Magnara Sierra's game is tough. Like, his skill set is tough for Major League Baseball. But he he does have a promising future. I don't want to bash on the kid. But I only bring him up more to, like demonstrate what it looks like in the Cardinals system. Like, Jonathan Machado is a Magnura Sierra-type player. Jorlin uh, De Los Santos is similar to that with a little bit more power upside. So uh, I understand that, you know, you look at uh, that uh, uh, Jorlin's stat line, you get excited. Remember, it's the Dominican Summer League, and that's that's not a very good indicator of how, statistically, how good a player is. I do like his swing a lot. It's smooth. It's short. It kind of looks like Miguel Tejadas from the side. Uh a little bit of pop that I could I could see manifesting where I didn't expect Sierra or Machado to. Who has the next uh, uh, Who has the next most saves after Andrew Miller? Jordan Hicks, easy. Uh, where uh, were you a Xavier Scruggs fan? I see he's looking for a job. I did like Xavier Scruggs. It would have been really nice for him to have gotten like a legitimate shot at the major leagues. I know he had a ton of success over in the KBO. Good for him. I know that he was great with fans at every stop in the minor leagues. I respect that. I love that. Uh, nothing but the utmost respect for a guy like Xavier Scruggs, and hopefully he can come to the majors, uh, back to the majors, get a job with the team, maybe a team like the Marlins. I don't, I, again, I don't know what their situation is, but a team kind of in a rebuild that could take a flyer on a wild card, and maybe he's, uh, uh, you know, can produce a little bit for a team in some capacity. Uh, let's see, Goldie and Spring. Uh, well, uh, hey, Craig Mish is in here. Hey, to Craig Mish, we raise our glass, sir. Thank you for enjoying our brand new year's uh, prospects after dark. You're a good man. What about Jermaine Curtis? Jermaine Curtis was one of those players that I respected for being an organizational depth guy that I always thought and hoped might get a major league chance. You know, Ron Hell Ravello is a first baseman in the Cardinals organization. He's one of those guys. Nick Martini was one of those guys last year. Like, you root for those guys. You don't, like Travis Tartamella. Those are guys that you know probably if they make the majors, they have like the smallest of tastes. Uh, but you root for them to get there. Scruggs did his time with the Marlins. Shake my head. Well, I again, I know that there's a connection there. I get that. But that's probably part of the reason why I bring it up. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. I just went to the Marlins right away. Sorry. Uh, I did that with Hayward, Ed Easley. Uh, well, even a uh, uh, who was a backup catcher last year? Look at me. I bring him up all the time. Anyways, like even Francisco Pena is like that. Steve Barron is who I was thinking of. Like you root for those guys. They grind. Patrick Wisdom last year. They grind their way through the minor leagues. Uh, you know, six, seven years of being in the minors, living in a two-bedroom apartment with five other, with four other dudes. 
you know, getting paid a thousand, two thousand dollars a month. You know, not having much in the way of a bonus to support you in the long run. Like, you root for those guys. I root for those guys. I love those guys. I respect them. Uh, let's see. Alberto Rosario. Woo. Kyle, uh, what you drinking? I am drinking Elijah Craig Small Batch this evening. Again, uh, my guys at work, uh, that was one of the four bottles of bourbon that my guys at work got for me. And uh, I'm, they're amazing people. Uh, any lefties in the org you think make an impact we don't know about? So one of the lefty relieving, uh, relief options a little ways down is named Jacob Patterson. Now, Jacob Patterson is a Texas Tech product. Uh, and he's really interesting because when he pitches, like say that you guys are the uh, say that you guys are the hitter, right? Like normally, you when you come set from the stretch, you come set like this, right? As a lefty, well, he comes set like this, and he sees you, and he uncoils and throws that way, and it's enough deception with a solid slider and an average fastball that make him interesting in the long run. Uh, let's see uh, what do we got here. Uh, Jen Langosh is already laying the groundwork for a slow Fowler start. I don't know about that, and I'm going to stay out of it. I think Jennifer Langosh is an incredible reporter, and uh, without reading the article, I can't really comment on it. But nothing's wrong with – look, the Cardinals just need Dexter Fowler to be his average self. What's going to matter for the Cardinals is Marcelo Zuna and Paul Goldschmidt. And, yes, that two spot that Dexter Fowler is more than likely going to fill is going to be very important. But if Paul Goldschmidt and Marcelo Zuna don't do what they're capable of, then it doesn't matter. You're just right back – in the same position. They can afford to have Dexter Fowler limp it up a little bit, uh, as long as those two guys are doing what they can do. Uh, Ozuna is the key. I agree. I tend to agree. I think, I think Paul DeYoung playing healthy is a very important thing. That, look, I believe Goldschmidt's going to be fine in the three spot. Matt Carpenter leading off is going to be fine. I don't care how fast or slow he is. Uh, but I, for me, Ozuna, you know, uh, Ozuna, Yachty, Probably hitting five to young six. That's important. And maybe Colton Wong seven. Those are the difference makers. And I, I hate to, you know, I'm not a big fan of like lumping one player as a difference maker. I like thinking of as a group as a difference maker. And that's the important part of the lineup. In August, when the Cardinals went 22 and six, they did it because that part of the lineup was raking. And that was Jose Martinez. That, you know, that was the difference. Uh, Yachty batting second is dumb. It's only dumb if it's uh, if it's not effective, and it was effective last year. Uh, Craig, don't tickle us like that. Craig, you tickle whoever you want, brother. Look, Prospects After Dark is a tickle fest. We recommend that you tickle anyone near you, around you, stranger or family member. Get your fingers in there, Craig. Make it uh, make it uh, make it just awkward like I just did, Craig. Please, Mr. Mesh. Uh, let's see. I bet the Cardinals to win the World Series in Vegas need to tweet the ticket. Yeah, tweet that thing. Uh, I, you, I, when you were on with Tara, by the way, uh, that was a great, great interview for Birds on the Black. I loved listening to it. You said that you were going to do it, uh, so show us. It'd be great. Would you prefer a D-backs Weaver or Kelly jersey t-shirt? Uh, it's called a jersey, Charlie. No, I, uh, uh, Carson Kelly. I am really rooting for both Luke Weaver and Carson Kelly. You guys know I'm a big Andrew Young, Andy Young fan. I'm rooting heavily hard for uh, for Andrew Young or Andy Young, but I'm I'm rooting especially hard for uh, uh, Carson Kelly. Look, this fan base turned on Carson Kelly, even though we seem to forget that Carson Kelly was never given a legitimate shot to ever be a backup. His time in the major leagues at first was wishy washy at best. Uh, I I'm really hoping Carson Kelly gets a chance to be an all star catcher at some point because he's good enough for that. It's just his circumstances never really align properly. Uh, same with Luke Weaver. Look, you guys know where I where I stand on Luke Weaver. 
I was pretty vocal about telling people that I thought Luke Weaver had a chance to have a Joe Kelly-esque role out of the bullpen uh, for the Cardinals that Joe Kelly had for the Red Sox over the last couple years. And not the playoff version, not yet at least. And Luke Weaver's going to go to Arizona. They're going to toy with his mechanics. Uh, they're going to try to hone in on some issues that they saw when watching him. And he's going to be a starter. And hopefully he ends up having a uh, 2000 and. 14-esque Shelby Miller. I, I'm rooting for both of them and Andy Young. They're all great people and great kids. And uh, Charlie, send me all the jerseys. Uh, you sold me on Kisner being sexier. No, Andrew Kisner's the sexiest. Uh, I'm not even playing. Like, all these prospects I was looking, right? So I don't consider Tyler O'Neill a prospect. Uh, but as Mr. Hicks leaves, as we start talking about this, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's a sexy dude. Uh, seemed like Matheny had no intention to start him when Yachty was hurt. Again, I don't know about that. It was just a really, really weird thing. Is anyone going to spring training from Craig Mish? Mr. Mish, uh, I'm going to try to be there. I've got a family issue that makes it tough for me to commit. If I go, it'll be the last week of March. Uh, and uh, we have a really strong group of people here. Uh, I know Maggie's probably going to go in that time. I know that a bunch of other people, my cousin might be down there. Uh, it's a really, really, uh, a, a really great time. And if you haven't been to spring training, you should definitely go. Oh, hey, a Whitewater attorney, Adam Van Grek, who also has done some amazing work so far in his short time with Birds on the Black. And Adam, to you and your son, Caleb, for sending me the Christmas card, man. Uh, I raise my glass to you. Thank you so much. Craig, will you be down there for the entire two months from February uh, to April? Uh, Prospects at drug meetup during... Oh, God. Hey, Kyle. Oh, son of a bitch. Uh, hey, Kyle. So, oh, Tommy Tums, how are you, buddy? Uh, someone tweeted about J-Mart being traded and interest in Marwin. What do you think? Genesis Cabrera and Helsley arrive in September to give us the 2003. I would expect that you'll see uh, Genesis Cabrera, and I expect that you will see uh, Ryan Helsley before September. But they'll be in, uh, if they're healthy, they'll be on the 40-man in September, and yes, they will be important parts. Uh, there was something, oh, uh, something important there about, uh, son of a bitch, that I was going to get to. Uh... Hey, Kyle, someone tweeted about J-Mart. Oh, so I don't think that, look, I could be wrong about this. I don't understand why for this Cardinal team, and I do think Marwin, uh, Marwin makes the team better, uh, Marwin Gonzalez. Uh, I don't think that there's a fit for this Cardinal team, and I do think the Cardinals would trade J-Mart. I do think they would trade Jed Jerko, although Joker, Jerko is important because he's a defensive backup at third base that the Cardinals might not other ha otherwise have, even though I am a fan of Jairo Munoz. You guys know that. Uh, but we're just going to have to wait and see. With what the Cardinals currently have, it doesn't make sense to make that move, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, let's see. Oh, somebody said 100% serious. What uh, what did Maggie say? I have let people beer shame me into being embarrassed by my Coors Light. You should be. Uh, first time, uh, good to be here from the One Key. Hello, One Key. Welcome here. Welcome hither, welcome hither, welcome hither. Uh, one new message. Baseball over football, I say hell yeah from the one key. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, let's see. Uh, if anyone needs free spring training tickets and I still have mine, I will give mine away. Let me know. Craig Mish, uh, look, Mr. Mish, you're amazing. You're amazing and you need to come right for the post-dispatch. And, uh, but maybe the athletic for the Cardinals, which is what I would be more on board for. Uh, but just keep doing what you're doing because you're amazing and we appreciate it and thank you so much for being in here. Uh, yeah, just when we think we can't like you anymore, lo and behold, here we are liking you more. Uh, let's see, where's Mr. Jacoby? Blah, blah, blah. Why does this thing, this, my thing here acts stupid. Uh, oh God. Oh God. My thing, oh my God. 
Whoa. Uh, sorry, I don't know what happened there, guys. My, for whatever reason, my phone and my feed has been acting weird tonight. I'm so sorry about that. I, I apologize for any type of inconvenience. A uh, new to pad, but love it. Keep it up, Kyle, from Ryan Holland. Hello, Ryan Holland. Yeah, welcome to our little shindig. Look, uh, I like talking sports. I like talking jackassery. I like having a couple booze and sharing it with my pad family. Uh, I, for my New Year's, I feel grateful uh, to be a part of this. And it, it's an amazing thing. Uh, hearing Kyle saying, oh my God, gives me chills, LOL. Oh my God. FMK, Bader, O'Neal, and Hudson. Well, look... Bader's a play baby, right? Bader's going to cheat on you. It doesn't matter. But you know what? You get your one shot with him, so you F Bader. If you're going to marry one of them, you marry Tyler O'Neill. He's wifey material. Uh, he had a picture with a cake, and he's built like a goddamn anvil. He'd be the Mary. And sorry, Dakota, I love you, but uh, you gotta die. you're going to die. Uh, wow, looks like Giffs and Maggie getting after it. I like that. Now we're talking. Uh, let's see. Hearing Kyle saying, oh, my God, blah, 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 catch up. I know, Mr. Hicks, I'm the worst. This thing. Uh, let's see. Craig, what is Houston uh, sleep number on Bryce? Gonna have to catch the replay, but you demand, Kyle. To my buddy, Adam Butler. Adam, happy new year, my friend. Uh, I love you. As always, thank you for being a part of this. And uh, anytime you roll in the comment, please come see me. I'm there usually Saturday and Sunday, but they've been closed this weekend. It hurts. You guys, I just realized I'm going to be drinking a lot tonight because I'm already through this one again. And I'm going to number two. But I haven't drank all day today. Uh, I'm not getting at it. <laughs> My bad, Gifts. I didn't mean it like that. I didn't. I did not mean it like that, Gifts. I'm the worst. Uh, uh, how Brady will. Uh, Harper is so buttoned up. Let's see. Uh, are we signing or trading another outfielder? I wouldn't. Again, other than Bryce Harper, of his price and years. Remember, the Cardinals keep talking about the years being the big thing. Um... If his price and years go down, maybe him. But other than that, I think there's a better chance the Cardinals move an outfielder than bring another one in. Tyler Mustache, I ate Taco Bell for the first time in eight months. It was amazing. Now I want to vomit. Uh, let us know what you ate, Tyler Mustache, so we don't have to eat it. But hat tip, first off, to the uh, uh, cheers, first off, rather, hat tip, uh, to the Dorito Locos Tacos that I like, and also to Nacho Fries. Taco Bell Nacho Fries. You know what's going on. Over under Tyler O'Neill's home runs on St. Louis this year. Uh, so, again, you're talking about limited at-bats unless someone gets hurt for Tyler O'Neill. I'll set the number at 15, I think. Or 13. Uh, I'll set the number at 15, and I'll let you guys choose over under. Uh, Kyle and his uh, Arby's Euros. Yeah, those things roll through me, man. It's incredible. Jose Martinez, uh, where is he headed? Twins out, Tampa Bay, question mark. You know, Mr. Mish... Tampa Bay was the one team at the winter meetings uh, that seemed to really... Oh, and L.A., the Dodgers, of course. I don't know about what their situation is. I don't know if that would work out. I don't see a fit for the Dodgers, but uh, that's a really, really talented team. Uh, it seems like they're out of it now at this point. If it's going to be a team, you would think it'd be Tampa Bay. I don't see a fit there. Uh, the Andrew Miller signing really changes how the Cardinals like what they need to address and how they need to address it, right? Like Jose Martinez, moving him at this point doesn't make as much sense, at least not in my opinion. Uh, Andrew Miller helps solve some of that left-handed side of the bullpen. And I think that the Cardinals would be smart because of, and I think the Cardinals would be smart because of how cheap J-Mart is to hold him for as long as possible. I mean, Mr. Uh, uh, 
Uh, Mr. Mish, who's telling us right now that Ozuna is good to go. Mr. Mish, you know this about the Cardinals. They love cheap talent as much as any team in baseball. And every team in baseball loves cheap talent. So it serves them well to have J-Mart, use him the way that they've been using him, and not move him unless they are clearly upgrading their team in the long run. Uh, and, and again, just trading for some left-handed hitting middle infielder isn't going to do it because... J-Mart's just as good against right-handed hitters, uh, uh, right-handed pitchers off the bench as a lot of lefties are. Could C-Mart be moved? Hey, uh, uh, could C-Mart be moved this year at the deadline or maybe next year at the meetings? I have to tell you, and if you, if you, for those of you who have been at PAD for a long time, you know this, there's nothing that makes less sense to me than moving Carlos Martinez. Look, the Cardinals have pitching depth, but they don't have the, they don't have anyone really that matches the talent of C-Mart. My own personal belief. And, and I'll die saying that. Like, I mean that. And he's cheap relative to any pitcher you're going to find that's as effective as he is. Could they move him? I would expect them only to move him if he's bad. But remember, the Cardinals are in an interesting situation right now. Uh, unless they sign Miles Michaelis in spring training. They might do it in spring training again because it's in Jupiter where he came from and blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. But unless they sign, re-sign, or re-up, rather, Miles Michaelis, then all that they really have coming back next year, because Waka walks, is... Carlos Martinez and Jack Flaherty. And, of course, Alex Reyes, depending on his health, and, and Gomber and all those guys, but no one high-end. And they, look, pitching, we've seen how good and how important pitching is. And moving Carlos Martinez when you have that much of a void and potential high upside starting pitching. Uh, and you guys know me. I love Hennessy Cabrera. I love Ryan Helsley. Dakota Hudson might fill that role, although I think he's better suited for a bullpen role. But I'm just rambling on as I, as I try to say that moving Carlos Martinez does not make any sense at all. None. If he made $18 million like he does at the end of his career, then yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I think it's like 17. I could be wrong. But uh, maybe. But now, no, absolutely not. $11 million a year, even if he's hurt for half of the year and pitches half of the year out of the bullpen and half of the year as a starter, you can't beat that. Uh, very, very, fa oh God, uh, let's see. Uh, very fast paced, but very informative. Thank you. Hey, it's my, uh, uh, my, uh, my pleasure, Rickle Grand. Uh, Ozuna over under 30, I'll say under. Uh, is starting pitching as strong as everyone thinks, or would they potentially add some insurance? Do we sign Yachty again? Yeah, look, as long as Yachty wants to be a St. Louis Cardinal, he'll be a St. Louis Cardinal. You can learn from the Adam Wainwright saga this last past year. You don't need to look any further than that to see that as long as Yachty or Molina wants to be a St. Louis Cardinal and he's willing to accept his role, and uh, the Cardinals are willing to accept whatever role Yachty wants to tell him that he's going he's gonna to have, uh, then, uh, look, Yachty's a Cardinal for life. Uh, what's Austin Warner's future from Patrick B? For those of you who don't know who Austin Warner is, Austin Warner is a 24, might be 25-year-old left-handed pitcher who pitched for the River City Rascals in O'Fallon, Missouri. And then the Cardinals signed him uh, as a non-drafted free agent, and he's already pitching in Memphis. Look, he had a weird reverse split where he was really bad against lefties at Memphis and equally as bad against righties, uh, but better against righties. I think that, is, that there is a chance that with an effective switch, using his slider, it's like a slurvy slider curve thing. If he uses that a little bit more effectively against lefties this coming year, he could be a bullpen option. And it would make more sense to go to him uh, than Genesis Cabrera, who I would like to continue to, to pull out, to stretch out, to start out as a starter. Because his arsenal is damn good and it's good enough. Uh, Kyle, is Delvin still anything from Craig Mish? So, uh, Mr. Mish, let me tell you this. This is what I know. And... Uh, it's something I've talked to Benji Molina about. I'm just going to throw that out there. You guys know I don't like to talk about the stuff. And I've only talked to Benji about it for like the shortest period of time. So I'm not saying like I've had extensive conversations. There is definitely concern with Delvin and, and his work ethic 
or his his dedication to the craft, not work ethic, because he's a hard worker, but it's like his dedication to the craft, where baseball ranks in his life. And that's still there as he turns 20. He just turned 20 at the beginning of December. What I can tell you, Mr. Mish, is that he was, you know, he started the year at State College. That season started the middle of June. He was good in June. He was good in July. A lot of singles, getting on base, not striking out as much. And then August came, uh, and he completely flipped. He was terrible at the plate. His defense took a, a, a step back where he was really good defensively in both June and July. And then August was just an atrocious, atrocious month for him. I was told he was undergo- he was going through some personal stuff. I don't know if that's true. Uh, I, I, I don't know if, I, again, I don't know if it's true or not. But I do still think he's a thing. You know, we were talking about it a little while ago with Nick Plummer, Mr. Mesh. And I'm... What I know is, you know, the Cardinals were lucky. You look at a guy like Oscar Mercado, right? And he had to switch from shortstop to outfield. But when the pressure fell off of Oscar Mercado, moving from shortstop to the outfield, to center field, he became the hitter he was always meant to be, the player he was always meant to be. And, uh, hey, what's up, Matt Thompson, my buddy, for uh, Prospects Live. We love the Prospects Live. But he became the hitter and the, the player he was meant to be. And that ended up yielding a good result for the Cardinals as they move him to Cleveland for John Torres and Connor Capel. I don't know what Delvin's future holds. I know he's probably a singles hitter. I know at best he needs to continue to be better defensively. And maybe you're looking at like a Pete Cosma-esque future. He needs to put on weight. He's still skin and bones. He's not going to do himself any good in the long run until he puts on weight. Uh, but uh, the athleticism is still there. And he showed enough in those first two months. It's at State College for me to think that there is a potential future. But he's definitely not a thing, Mr. Mesh. He needs to hit the Absolutely, Mr. Mesh. Needs to hit the gym. Uh, let's see, uh, who wants to be my connect for bobblehead giveaways at the minor league parks this season? I like that. Uh, I fuck yo oh bitch 69, I fuck yo oh bitch 69 says yo, what's up? I fuck yo oh bitch 69. Uh, Delvin equals Jose Peraza at best. That would be amazing. Yeah, I guess if you're talking about his ultimate, ultimate, like 5% chance of reaching his ultimate ceiling, then I don't mind that at all. Uh, you know. We'll see. Oh, wait. Somebody asked. Hold on, Jack. I'm going to go back to Jack. Uh, cards could sign a trade. Oh, interesting. Uh, what does Warner throw? He throws a low 90s, high 80s, I believe, two-seam fastball. And what I believe is categorized as a slider, but he throws as a curve. Uh, so it's a slurvy curve that is good against lefties when he's hitting his spots, but sometimes he struggles to hit his spots. And the thing about Austin Warner is he's a grinder, man. Look, he, for him to have gone from the River City Rascals to already be pitching at Memphis, uh, you tip first off, you tip your cap to him because that's a hell of a transition. I need some water real fast. Um, but he's a hard worker, and he will reach his ceiling, and that's a cool thing to have in the organization. Uh, thoughts on Tony Sip from the O underscore M uh, zero. My thought is that if the Cardinals brought him in on a one-year deal, something cheap, like again, like a, a Bud Norris type deal, one year, $3 million, I'm in. Look, the Cardinals would do themselves well. And I know STL Cup of Joe is really big on Chase and Shreve. I get that. By the way, check out his article on The Athletic about Chase and Shreve and Andrew Miller and how they might, how they might work out. It's a great read. Uh, but I think the Cardinals would do well to enter spring training with as many left-handed pitchers, uh, can, like fighting for that, that second spot next to Andrew Miller. And if that ends up meaning that Tony Sip's one of them, I'm in it. One year, $3 million for Tony Sip would do. But I don't know exactly what that contract's going to look like. I don't know what his market is. Uh, we're just going to have to wait to see. But I do think that if the Cardinals wouldn't have gone in the Andrew Miller direction, then Tony Sip would have been a nice little alternative. 
Uh, Sweaty Teddy asked who's going to win a warm-up. I'm not 100% sure yet. I'd like to go to the baseball writer's dinner. We've kind of been offered in some back alley ways for it to happen. Uh, we're just going to have to wait and see. Uh, wintertime's tough for me. I see Tyler from uh, the Steve Vaughn. I see Tyler O'Neill with some of the best tools. Uh, power, arm, strength, speed. He's a beast. Am I wrong? Well, the problem is it doesn't really matter how good the rest of your tools are if you're not making solid contact and getting on base. Just ask Billy Hamilton, right? Billy Hamilton is a great center fielder who just doesn't get on base. And sure, uh, Tyler O'Neill has power where Billy Hamilton couldn't even dream of having. I know that that's kind of a weird comparison, but I'm just saying that if you're not getting on base, if you're striking out too much, then it doesn't do you any good. And, and your values severely diminish. Now, I say that as a preface because you guys know I love Tyler O'Neill. Uh, I'm not just envious of his life uh, and his body and all that other stuff and probably his long, long dick with an amazing amount of piercings. I'm not as jealous of all that. Don't get me wrong. I am. Uh, but he's a tremendously talented player that if he can just work on his technique at the plate at the major league level, you're talking about a, about a potential all-star. Uh, and hopefully, uh, the new hitting coach gets him to the promised land. Uh, let's see. Where is Alex Reyes by October? Uh, hopefully pitching out of the Cardinals' bullpen in a lockdown uh, 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 capacity. What happens this year if Bader has a sophomore slump? Then Tyler O'Neill's your everyday starting center fielder, Maggie. And we're talking about, uh, we're talking about a lot of MFFs. Uh, Pierce, that's right. Uh, a few teams, some stuff. How many Harpers does it take to win a World Series from intern Maddie? Uh, by the way, MFFF, because I'm bringing my F. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jeff Albert's potential impact? You know, I think you guys know that I was never really the, the Mike Matheny hater. I was never his supporter. It, it, so that's whatever. But I think that I think that John Mabry might not have been the best influence. I like Jeff Albert. I like what he brings to the table. Uh, what the impact will be, it all depends on if players are open to him. I would expect them to be open to him. And hopefully it ends up being a, a really, really strong impact. I think players like Harrison Bader and Tyler O'Neill are going to thrive the most from someone like Jeff Albert. Uh, we're going to have to wait and see. Remember, anytime you bring in a new hitting coach, you go through a transition. So... Be patient at first if guys aren't uh, if guys aren't hitting home runs and the Cardinals aren't driving in runners from first base like with two outs. There's going to be some patience. You're going to have to figure it out. Have you ever considered ironing that pad poster? Absolutely not. No, I've had that since the get go, uh, and I'd probably set it on fire. By the way, fire New Year's protocol. Uh, Albert Plasmatics is better than ever. Everyone, maybe. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. Let's. Let's hope that that's the case, but right now it's not something I'm committed to saying. Uh, uh, one step at a time. Could Mike Matheny do better in Kansas City without Mandy uh, enabling and a better uh, a better leash? I personally don't think so. But again, Mike Matheny's big thing, uh, there is no fire, the fire is dead. <laughs> uh, New Year's Eve, uh, burn emotional shit. Celebration for the ages 2019 registered trademark. I'm back. Mom called. Dad is stable in ICU. He's really good, Christian. To you, your mom, and your dad. Keep it up, buddy. Nothing but stability. You know what I mean? Uh, let's see. Over under do Young hits 30 home runs. I'll say, I'll say push. Uh, could MM do better in Kansas City without blah, 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 blah? Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, so the question about Mike Matheny, right, is all about how he handled the bullpen. And the bullpen management is probably what cost himself the job in the long run, cost him a lot of games. I, I don't know about any restrictions or any of that stuff. I What I know is that he's not the manager of Kansas City yet. He's involved in player development. 
And until we get to that point, like, it's really not even worth thinking about. And you know what? The, again, the worst part, and you got <laughs> uh, Squint Life from Jack2384147. Uh, Squint Life, bro. Over under first wild card for the cards in 2019. First wild card. Uh, I, I'll say, I'll say push. Uh, what's up, dog? Uh, you mean Matt Bowman being used every 10 seconds isn't a good idea? Again, it's not, where we get lost is how often they're used. Think about how often Matt Adams, or Matt Adams, Jesus. Reset. Uh, Matt Bowman was, was you, like, uh, was warming up in the bullpen. That's what I was trying to say. God, I went a mess after I was trying to figure out our little New Year's Eve registered trademark burning emotional shit. Uh, anyways, (laughs) um... Yeah, I, look, I'm not going to harbor any ill will or any resentment towards Mike Matheny. Uh, what disappoints me is that I love Mike Matheny as a player. He was so damn important to the St. Louis Cardinals when he was a player. Uh, Yachty's talked about how, in the past, before they were managers, Yachty has talked about the impact that Mike Matheny had on him as a young player. And I just want enough time to pass where we can go back to appreciating the small tenure that Mike Matheny had as a catcher for the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, and not get so riled up about the type of manager he was. And sure, he'll always be a manager now at this point before he was a catcher of the St. Louis Cardinals. That's just how history will remember him. Uh, and also as the guy who cut his hand and then probably ruined Rick Ankiel's career to a degree. But uh, it's not fair for me to say that. Anyways, I like him as a player and it breaks my heart. Uh, major will be the best of the reject cards at the end. I don't know what that means. Uh, let's go sign Bryce Harper and own the NL. Matt Thompson, you know I agree with you. Look, uh, I'm, I'm all about it. I seem, you and I and the fan base seem to be the only ones who are all about it. Uh, Corey Rudd, one of my favorite people, brought up a really interesting point. We don't know what that market looks like. There hasn't been a whole lot of information disseminated. There aren't a whole lot of rumors being spread around. We're going to find out a little bit more if Manny Machado has indeed signed with the Yankees, what that's going to look like. That'll help uh, uh, create the framework for a Bryce Harper contract. It's going to be really interesting to find out. Um, I'm all about it. But again, if Boris is still saying, like, teams are going to him as the days pass, as the calendar today, the, the days fall off the calendar. Uh, if people are going to Scott Boris and saying, look, we're willing to give you 10, 350, and he's saying, nope, 14, 500, then it doesn't really matter, right? I'm all about it, though. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Mike Bettini was replaced by Molina, Posey, and now Schilt. Uh, good things are coming our way. I don't know what's going on there. What happens this year? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, we ha- I missed a bunch of questions. Uh, a while back, J.N. Pierce asked, how many lefty relievers on opening day roster? I'll say two. Uh, let's see. Matheny signed my ball during the 2012 caravan and told me to take it outside and play with it. That's awesome. I appreciate that. Look, hold on. You guys, I pulled up a kitchen floor this morning, and I'm exhausted. Uh, but we're, we're kicking it. We're rolling. We're doing our thing. Uh, so that's really the thing about Mike Matheny that, that really bugs me about the type of manager he became and, and how much like we all kind of hated him as a manager by the time it was over. I respected him so much as a man and as a player, and he was always great with fans and always talked to kids and always signed for kids, and I want to go back to those times where I can love and appreciate him for the person and the the player he was. I'll never get over some of the things he did as a manager. Uh, That's my own fault. I hate myself for that. Uh, but, but we'll see. And again, let's not, let's not make this about Mike Matheny. I don't really want to talk about Mike Matheny very much. Uh, but as we do our year end celebration of prospects after dark in the 2018 season and year, you have to talk about Mike Matheny because I don't know how you could argue that the most 
important, uh, the most newsworthy moment of 2018 wasn't Mike Matheny getting fired. Uh, let's see, who is playing Winter Ball that you are watching from my cousin Charlie? Look, uh, I'm not, I, I'm getting a little information from a friend of mine, a couple different friends of mine. Uh, we're at a weird spot in the Winter Ball season where there's kind of like a little, a little lull. There's a few, just a few more days off. Uh, I was keeping an eye statistically on Ramon Urias, Genesis Cabrera. Uh, again, during the Arizona Fall League, all of those guys. Uh, but for the most part, I don't pay very much attention because honestly, like, the, all of those Caribbean League teams, uh, Mexican Winter League, Dominican Winter League, uh, all of those Caribbean League teams, it's kind of like, if there was a level between AA and AAA, Leaning a little bit more to AAA, but still being AA, it would be those Caribbean leagues. So I don't. I used to invest a lot into that uh, when I was younger and just learning about how all those leagues worked. Uh, but now I don't. I don't invest too much into it. The Arizona Fall League, I spend quite a bit of time watching and looking and digging on uh, day in and day out because that's really interesting. And and they're working on things. And there's actual like TrackMan data, uh, stat you know Statcast data, if you will, um, that you can actually acquire from there. And you can get that stuff in those other leagues too, but it's just the talent pool is there under a little bit more major league supervision. And uh, what goes on in winter is kind of fun. It's just something to keep your mind occupied. Uh, a couple years back, the Cardinals had a guy named Anthony Garcia who would go to the winter league and tear it up. And he was in the A's organization this year. I don't think he ever made a major league impact. It uh, doesn't mean much, but Ravello is doing really well from what I've heard. Yeah, so Ronhel Ravello is a very, very interesting player who can play a little bit of a corner outfield, left field more than likely, and a little bit of first base. He's an, he's an average, maybe above average for defensive first baseman who has really good plate discipline, really good plate coverage, a quick bat, doesn't hit for a ton of power, doesn't strike out a lot, walks plenty, who is like... The kind of player who, if he would have been drafted by the St. Louis Cardinals, Cardinals fans would have clamored for the way that they clamored for Patrick Wisdom. Uh, he's He does everything that you would want. He's a great clubhouse guy. He was uh, He's just a great guy, a great kid, and he's the type of player you uh, you root for. And I say kid, but he's older for a kid. Uh, from intern Maddie Carp, absolutely hits 25 bombs in 2019. I'll take the under. I'll say 23. Uh, to Matt Carpenter. Oh, from uh, my, my, my good friend... Uh, 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 Alex Christofuli. He asked, when should I stop believing in a prospect seven years in minors is pretty marginal, right? <laughs> yeah, no, for real. So this is where I go back and forth with Ron Hell Ravello. Uh, uh, what do you think of Sheriff's tweets recently? I haven't seen them, Maggie. Uh, Alex, this is where I go back and forth with Mr. Um, with Mr. Ravello. He's the kind of guy who just never hit for enough power as a first baseman to make a major league debut. And that reminds me a lot of Nick Martini. Now, Nick Martini played first, and he played the outfield. Uh, but he just never did enough to make a Major League debut, especially when the Cardinals had Matt Carpenter at first base, or Jose Martinez, or Matt Adams. And they were always trying to find someone else at first base. Which is great and everything. But then you look at Nick Martini, who goes to Oakland, and actually plays a pretty important role. Uh, not let me A somewhat significant role for the A's, going up and down between the majors and the minors, and then... Being in their opening day roster, or being on their wild card roster, Ron Ravello has a potential to be that kind of major leaguer. Now, his bat is a little bit better than Nick Martini's. Uh, he's not going to hit for power, and he needs to go to a team that can, like, take a James Loney esque offensive uh, output from a first baseman. That's the only way it's going to work, right? He wouldn't work here on the Cardinals. Uh, 
But again, giving up, I, I agree with you. That's the kind of prospect you give up on. But he's a little bit more interesting because his tools fit. Uh, from, uh, from Maggie, Sheriff keeps uh, replying to MLB tweets and such about his impending comeback. I have no idea. I haven't seen it. Who's our next Bo Hart? Um, you are. Uh, does Carp figure out... Hold on. Uh, throwing from third base. If not, what do we do? From the O underscore M-O. Uh, Jack says he's heading out. See you, Jack. Uh, A's are one of the most enjoyable franchises. Never know how their season is going to go. Uh, that's right. I agree. And also their stadium's the worst. Uh, going back to the, does Carp figure out throwing from third base? Now, uh, Tara Wellman retweeted it, and I, I'm not exactly sure where it came from. My guess is Instagram. I'm not on Instagram, and I don't understand how it works, so I'm going to stay. But Matt Carpenter has already been working out throwing from third base, and that's a really good sign. That's a really strong, positive sign. I think that he's going to get stronger. I think he's going to get better, and I think he's going to end up making an idiot like me who has talked over and over and over again about my concerns about him playing third base every day look stupid. And I hope so, because I root for Matt Carpenter, and you guys should too, because Matt Carpenter is a great guy. Uh, who, by the way, has a little bit of a Twitter presence that's enjoyable and fun, and we should really get behind that and back that. But I do know that Matt Carpenter, if he's already working and he's been working for the last month at third base, uh, that's a good sign. And that makes me happy, and, and, and bravo, and cheers to Matt Carpenter. You guys, I'm already drunk. Uh, how do we fix the horrendous base running without Okendo? Well... Uh, the, the best that I can tell you, Maggie, is you hope that Paul Goldschmidt... Uh, so the one player that I keep... Comparing Paul Goldschmidt to a Scott Rowland. I, I, I just think he's that type of hitter, that type of player, that type of corner infielder. He's a great base runner. And the Cardinals were at a terrible, terrible base running team in 2017. They were bad again in 2018. So even with Okendo, uh, for his one year in 2018, they didn't get much better. They just need to be smarter. They need to be better. They need to be more disciplined. Uh, and it did get better as the year went on. At least I felt so. I could be wrong about that. Uh, and you just hope that they hold on strong to that. Are the bad are the uh, and the bad defense without Okendo? Well, so they had Okendo last year, remember, and they led the league in errors. So take that for whatever it is. Now you guys know me; I'm not the biggest fan of errors. I also don't really subscribe really hard to the defensive metrics. Uh, but either way, I, I just bring it up to say that defense is tough. It doesn't necessarily tell the whole story. And if the Cardinals were that induced that many errors, had that many errors with Okendo. Then you just never know. Look, I'm going to miss a Jose Okendo. I love having him there. I'll tell you what, when I was down at spring training last year, he was one of the most enjoyable people to watch on the backfields and during the games. He was having a lot of fun. Uh, Cardinals baseball isn't the same, it really feels like, without Jose Okendo. But I just think sometimes we oversell the, the impact that someone like that can have. Uh, they should Google more base running strategy. Yeah, look, maybe you bring in somebody who actually knows what they're talking about. And I don't mean that as any type of bash on Jose Okendo, because Jose Okendo is a very well-respected, a very smart uh, infielder, base runner, base running coach, infield coach. But maybe you, you go at it in a different way. Maybe you find some type of analytical mind that can uh, show these new age baseball players in a tactile way exactly what to do. Uh, you know, some way that they can see and feel. You know, I say tactile, feel, obviously. But uh, some way that they can see and adjust. Somebody with new ideas that might make them better. Uh, that just didn't work out. For my buddy Jeff Neenhaus, uh, I love Okendo more than I love my new pet rabbits. By the way, Jeff, to you, to those beautiful, beautiful pet rabbits, I, I raise my glass. Now, real fast, I want to get down to business. Uh, let's, oh, uh, am I wrong for enjoying Joe Buck's base? I love Joe Buck. I don't understand why people hate Joe Buck. I love him. I think it's just half a jealousy thing and half, uh, whatever thing. I don't really know, man. I, I don't know. When people make money, people freak out. And I get that too, but, 
Uh, I want to get into business real fast. Didn't Vince Coleman say he wouldn't lo- he would love to be a Cardinals coach? He did. But I got to tell you, man, you talk about a blunt person. I don't know how that would go over these days. Uh, pet rabbits, uh, like indoor ones. Tell me everything. Ashley, wait till you see these things. Uh, hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna go here. And uh, you'll you'll figure it out. I'm sorry. Look, Ashley, you know me. I can't do I can't do two things at once. Jeff, tag Ashley and show her those goddamn cute bunnies. They're wonderful. Um, but anyways, Vince Coleman. I don't know how he would handle like today's baseball player. You know, he's kind of old school, and I don't know if that's the best thing. And I love Vince Coleman. He I'll tell you what his his uh, Hall of Fame induction speech was awesome. Uh, Joe Buck is a creep from Maggie Ladley. Yeah, yeah, we all are. Look, dude, Maggie, the thing about men is we're all creeps. Even when we try, even when we are at our best, we're creeps. Uh, it's a a genetic defect that hopefully this next generation won't have, as hopefully this group of males work their hardest to show this next group of males, uh, what the right way to act is. Because I know we weren't taught, and that's not an excuse, but we're the fucking worst. And that's a fact. Uh... Uh, anyway, so getting back down to business real fast. In the next couple weeks, I'm going to start hitting my Dirty 35 for the upcoming season really, really hard. Um, again, I, I don't know exactly how to handle it. A lot of other outlets are putting Alex Reyes in the rankings, Tyler O'Neill. Uh, I don't want to do that. You know, I want, I want guys like Genesis Cabrera to be in where they deserve to be. Uh, I'll probably include Dakota Hudson because he's still below his innings limits. Uh, but, you know, I want you guys to know about a lot of the guys that might not be be being uh, wrote about, written about. I'm drunk, family. Uh, I, I want you to know about everyone. I don't want you to just know about the Dakota Hudsons. I don't want to write about Alex Reyes. I'm not going to lie to you. I've, I've, I've written everything I can about Alex Reyes. It's not going to – and you guys have read everything you could possibly uh, have read about Alex Reyes. It doesn't do me any good. Uh uh, oh, wait, what do cards gifts say? Son of a bitch gifts. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, it doesn't do me any good to write about that stuff. I want to write about the guys that you haven't heard of, and I want to give more in-depth analysis on guys like Dylan Carlson, who is a top 10, maybe a top 5, but probably a top 10 prospect. You know, I want to tell you about how amazing he is and the, and the, and the breakout he's going to have. Uh, I want to tell you about Tommy Edmond. I want to tell you deeper down about Leandro Cedeno. I want to tell you about Chase Pinder. Uh, so I probably won't get into guys like Alex Reyes and Tyler O'Neill. Those are, they're boring to me. I've got nothing for that. Uh, uh, I, I've got nothing for that. So instead, I will probably omit guys like Alex Reyes or Ty, and Tyler O'Neill and, and maybe even Dakota Hudson. But if you guys want me to include them, direct message me or hit me up on Twitter and let me know. Uh, I, I try to pride myself. And uh, uh, I try to pride myself in just giving you as much information about guys that you might not otherwise have heard about and without uh, – like with adding guys like Alex Reyes and Tyler O'Neill, we don't get that. Is Scott Rowland ever going to make the Hall of Fame? I don't know about the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. Probably not because the Hall of Fame voters are the worst. Um, Randy uh, – Randall Rose. Hey, Randall. Asked me to go in-depth about the draft class. There's no way I can concentrate on enough of that. Uh, he'll get into the Cardinals Hall of Fame this coming year. I would imagine he and Keith Fernandez are the reps. Make sure I'm in the next matchmaker. Absolutely, holy shit. Uh, what does Cabrera? What does Cabrera have to work on to be MLB ready? He just needs to work on the consistency of his pitches. Genesis Cabrera is at the refining stage of his development. It's where uh, uh, Dakota Hudson was last year. He just needs to work on having consistent command of all four of his pitches. If he can get consistent command of all four of his of his pitches, you're talking about a major league caliber D 
difference maker, whether that be out of the bullpen or the rotation. Uh, Rick Ankiel as a pitcher is still a prospect? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, rem- oh, remember, so the, the way that the rules are written, it's 50 innings or 130 at-bats or 45 days on a major league roster. So uh, it, it doesn't matter if you're a pitcher or a hitter. If you've had, if you met any look, any of those criteria, then you're not a rookie. But that's a good question. That's a really interesting one. A uh, Roland should get in, Baines or not. Look, I here's the thing. I, I would encourage everyone. <laughs> uh, game score a whole second. Uh, I would encourage everyone to not get so riled up about awards like the Gold Glove or the MVP or any of that stuff. I would encourage everyone to not get riled up about what goes on in the Hall of Fame because the Hall of Fame is kind of a joke, right? Like, and I don't mean that in a, in a, in a negative way, but you get all this like prostatizing and you get all of this like holier art thou nonsense that hits you and I don't want any of that when when I'm told when I am being told by people that write that so and so doesn't deserve to be in the hall of fame because so and so doesn't deserve to be in the hall of fame and I have the power to make the decision I'm all bored the hall of fame is a museum uh, look if there's one thing Indiana Jones taught us it's that everything belongs in a museum a museum's purpose is to recognize the past. And you know what? Steroid era was part of the past. Uh, uh, fucking betting on baseball was part of the past. Get over yourselves. Accept that that's part of your past and, and, and become stronger because of it. Uh, it's our goal as humans to, to adopt that philosophy. Uh, what happens after that, I can't tell you. Look, Harold Baines, I get why people get freaked out about that. Uh, for me... You know, like, Ron Sano is the name that I always think that... That guy's not a Hall of Famer. Uh, but, you know, anyways, I'm just... I'm rambling on and on about the Hall of Fame. All I'm saying is that none of that shit matters. Who finishes this year in each outfield position? I'll say Ozuna, Bader, and Fowler. Uh, let's see. How do writers vote for Bonds, Clemens but not Bonds? I don't know, man. Because writers hated that Barry Bonds was abrasive. Uh, Kyle, did you know that if we combine the entire pad audience and Alex Reyes, we'd still be a rookie? That's great stuff. Uh, I want nothing more in life than for Alex Reyes to be healthy and become the baddest motherfucker in the NL. Me too, Klutz. By the way, Klutz, I'm going to raise my glass to you, sir. Thank you for being a part of this. Yeah, you know, and the truth is, and that's, it's fun to say that about, uh, about Alex Reyes because he has that potential, right? He has the ability to be the baddest motherfucker in baseball, the baddest pitcher. He has the potential to be every bit as good as Noah Syndergaard, um, uh, and maybe even better than that. Like, like he's that type of player. Uh, you know, he's pretty goddamn, uh, impressive is what I'm saying. I think Ken Boyer is too. Now, from uh, the Steve Vaughn, I have to tell you, Steve Vaughn, Mr. Vaughn, I do not know a lot about Ken Boyer. Uh, I'm embarrassed by it. It's hard for me to say. I know that there's a generation of Cardinal fans that revere him the same way that they revere Red Shandies and and Stan Musial, and that should really hold more clout for me than it does. And I'm embarrassed to admit that it doesn't. Uh, what I'll tell you is. This year, and in the next couple weeks, maybe next couple months, I'm going to work to understand what Ken Boyer meant to the St. Louis Cardinals on a larger landscape. Like, I want to know more. I want to understand more. Because to me, all he was was a number uh, in the outfield. 
Boyer and Sano are similar in many, many ways. From the Stay Snorting Bull. Hello there, Snoop Dogg. What's up? My Carolina people are, are coming in. Uh, again, so like what I get, the reason I bring that up, right, is I'm 32 years old. And there's a generation of, of baseball fans that are taking over baseball, right? Hopefully, at least, that maybe don't exactly understand or know or fully appreciate uh, what's going on and who Ken Boyer was. That's, I guess that's all I'm trying to say. I'm all over the place. Sorry. There's a generation that missed Boyer. Yeah, Randall Rhodes. That's it. And Randall, I'm sorry. I'm not going to get into a full in-depth thing about the Cardinals minor league, the draft uh, from 2018. Uh, if you want, go to Birds on the Black and read all that stuff that I that I have uh, I've put on the website over the last year. Uh, I promise you won't be let down, man. I, I like the draft class a lot. I'll say that. I think there's a lot of high upside, and that's exciting. SCL Sports Suite, percentage chance we see Cabrera with the Cardinals this season, 100% is, well, I'll say 95%, and that other 5% is just what happens if he gets hurt, right? There's always a chance that a player gets hurt, but if he stays healthy, 100%. Uh, yeah, Johnny G24 asked, are we talking Blaine Boyer? There isn't a, like, an, an so what is it? Uh, uh, is it Mike or Matt Maytook? Uh, God, I can't remember. And Blaine Boyer are, like, my two favorite tenured Cardinals of all time. Uh, oh, hey, it's Jay Ferg. What's up, my brother? Uh, what does Steve Gendry's timeline look like? Uh, he had Tommy John surgery at the end of February or the beginning of March. You're talking about a year. That means he's probably going to be pitching off of a mound come February, March. I think more than likely you're talking about him making an extended spring start in May and being on a similar timeline to what Alex Reyes was on last year. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll read the book 1964. It's about the year when Boyer won the MVP and they beat the Yankees. What about Mark Worrell? Hold on. The book 1964. I'm going to write it down. Book 1964. And I'm circling it and it's right next to Salsa. Uh, Wong seems to finally be getting the credit he deserves at second. What's his offensive ceiling from Maggie? You know, Maggie, his offensive ceiling is what he hit in the second half of last year. From June to the end of the year. And that's like an 800 plus OPS. Uh, it's a 280 average. A 340 on base percentage. He's a really good player. And if he's healthy. If his if his hip and his knee allow him to be the hitter he's capable of being. You're talking about a guy who who hits 10 home runs. Uh, 8 to 10 home runs. Uh, RBI numbers don't matter. Run numbers don't matter to me. Especially for a guy hitting 7th or 8th or 6th. Uh, but who slashes 280, 340 with about an 800 OPS. Uh, I would read the book, but I'm illiterate, so aren't we all? Uh, what's your opening day rotation look like? Look, unless things get weird, I've, I've resigned myself to the fact, and when I say weird, I mean change, that you're talking about Carlos Martinez, Jack Flaherty, Miles Michaelis, Adam Wayne, Wainwright, and Michael Waka. That's where we're at. Uh, when will Pete Cosma home run be? Uh, two years ago, four years ago? Does Cart play any games at second? And now I've got the goddamn hiccups. Uh, he will. I'll say Cart plays four games at second base just out of necessity. One of those things where Colton Wong has a little, like, hip dysplasia. And uh, they've got to move him over there. All right, I have to head out. Have a great week, everybody. Hey, Happy New Year, Quinn. Thank you for being here. How many years until Flaherty is the opening day pitcher? Three. 
I'll say three years. I'll say Carlos Martinez, Carlos Martinez, Jack Flaherty. Uh, got here late. Which reliever do they need to get, if any? Uh, you know, uh, from uh, uh, Burke Wasson. Hey, what's up? Uh, what's up, Burke? Uh, Wong will get a hangnail at some point. Um, uh, so, Burke, here's my thought about uh, what they need to do. I would like them to bring in, and I know I'm nuts for saying this, someone like Bud Norris. And if that's Bud Norris, it's Bud Norris. But somebody who makes, like, one year, $3 million, who could add a little bit of depth to the bullpen. Now, I think that they're fine getting away with that. And again, you guys know I want them to still add Bryce Harper. It's not going to happen, but I still want them to add Bryce Harper. But more realistically, someone like that, right? Someone who might be able to play a swing role. Somebody who might be able to increase the pitching depth because you can never have enough pitching depth. Uh, let's see. Cosmo batted 200 in Toledo last year. Nationals fans still have nightmares about him. I love that. I see a 101 team. I think this was a perfect offseason. Am I overly optimistic? Now, Steve Vaughn, you have to understand, I've lived a life of despair, discomfort, and pain. So as I say that, uh, I've been eating Arby's for 32 straight years. And uh, if there's one thing of eating 32 straight years of Arby's, tells me it's that nothing but pain is headed your way if you have high hopes. And, uh, look, I think you are. I would say 100 wins, it's not easy to win 100 games. Especially not in this this division. And don't kid yourself, the Reds are a pretty solid team. I'm not saying they're a good team. But don't be surprised if the Reds and the, the Pirates flip, right? And the Reds are right around 75 to 80 wins. Uh, and especially if they continue to keep getting better. It's a tough division. I wouldn't say 100. If you want to say, I would say, uh, I would say 100 is overly optimistic. If you want to say 95 wins, that's optimistic. I wouldn't call it overly. Uh, if you want to be realistic, I would say 90. I do think this Cardinals team has like, uh, what, are, what does Mo call it? He calls it a delta, right? Uh, 90 to 95 delta, depending on how things go. Uh, I see 151 <laughs> in March. I see 151 team. I think this was a perfect offseason, and I'm overly optimistic. Great to you, Hayden. Thank you. Oh, uh, what did uh, what did Klutz say? Hold on, my bad, Klutz. Kyle's mom ate Arby's before breastfeeding. Uh, Kyle's mom ate Arby's and got pregnant, and uh, with that horsey sauce, which is just horse cum. Spoiler alert. And here I am. And all of my weird-headed, big-toothed, pockmarked glory. God, I'm such an atrocious mess. Oh, God. Uh, let's see. 96 wins from Klutz Fan. Oh, yeah. So, I would, again, to me, 96 is like the ultimate top. And I do think that if the Cardinals were to add someone like Bryce Harper, then you're going from like a floor of 88-90 wins to like a floor of like 92-94 wins. So just keep that in mind. Uh, yo, be easy. My, Kyle's mom is a nice lady. Look, anybody who wants to come over here and fuck my mom is allowed. The Fuzzy Avocado Tickle Me episode, it's definitely the Fuzzy Avocado episode. Uh, that away there, alcoholic Kyle. <laughs> That's right. Uh, hold on. Fuzzy Avocado. Uh, let's see. Other than Yachty, who is the guy the Cardinals could least afford to lose this year? Paul DeYoung. Look, I, so here's what I meant to do is I wanted to go back and see what the Cardinals record was without Paul DeYoung. And I'm not trying to say, ooh. I'm not trying to say that Paul DeYoung is a big difference maker. But remember now, at this point, the Cardinals don't really have a defensive replacement for Paul DeYoung that you feel comfortable with. Uh, and his bat's going to be important in the back half of the lineup. I'll say Paul DeYoung. Look, if Paul DeYoung gets hurt, the Cardinals are in trouble. Especially if they don't continue to address it. 
A guy the Cards can't afford to lose, Harper. That's right, Matty. I agree with you. Sorry, typing is hard sometimes. Yeah, everything is hard. I'm hard boy. Uh, yo, I'm laughing so hard. I'm so drunk. Good for you. Uh, this is now the Maddie birthday episode. Oh, no. Oh, no. Maddie's f Maddie, are you 15? Oh, my God. I don't know how to... I don't know what to do. To... Oh, wait. To Maddie? Drink water, Maddie. Maddie, I'm not going to lie to you. Look, you drink as much booze as you want. Uh, tell your parents that it's booze time and say, mommy, mommy booze, I need booze and say, daddy booze, I need booze. And, uh, when you get out of the penitentiary, you should be 21. Uh, uh again, Maggie, uh, Maddie, rather, if it's your birthday, uh, this, <laughs> this is the most ADD drunk Kyle I've ever seen. Almost as bad as the concussion episode. Whoa, 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 Maggie. One step at a time. I don't think she's here. LOL. It's just for the Paul DeYoung love. Oh, Look, I don't even know what's going on. And to Maggie's point a second ago, you're right. And I didn't realize it until just right now. Look, we are at some capacity, like an hour and 20 minutes. And yeah, so as Gif says, the concussion episode is the lost episode. I don't even know what to call that thing. Uh, I don't remember it. And it is truly the nothing touches the concussion episode. I don't remember any of that episode. I mean that. Like... I was in really, really bad shape, and I was also, anyway, I was in really, really bad shape, and uh, maybe one day we'll release it as a podcast. Uh, so, to me, and concussions, and Mike Matheny, really, when you think about it. Anyways, this is what we used to call the two-minute warning. Uh, I want to say real fast... To all of my pad people, look, I love each and every one of you. Uh, it ended by everyone telling you to stop and go to the ER. Uh, pad in one tweet. Uh, did you decide on a booth for winter warm-up? I would really love that. It was a solid hour of everyone begging you to go to the doctor. Thank you, actually. Pad will be very interesting in February. The Aaron Hernandez lost episode from Maggie. Great choice, Maggie. Oh, my God. I was just one murder or maybe maybe two murders and hanging myself from my rafters with my shoelaces away from an Aaron Hernandez Lost episode. Oh, my God. What a disaster. All right. So, anyways, I want to say this really quick. Uh, as we get to the end of Prospects After Dark on the Sunday before the New Year. Uh, happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. And thank you so much for the last year for letting me do my Prospects After Dark thing and and entertain you. Like, uh, again, I, I was trying to explain it to my friends tonight exactly what Prospect After Dark is. And the only way that I can describe, the only way that I can describe it to them is to say that I am just, and it's the same thing that I tell you, I am the custodian of Prospects After Dark. I'm just a guy sitting in front of a camera, uh, repeating what you're saying, which is hilarious, and talking to you. Uh, Pat is a community. It is a, a, a hostel, if you will. It is just people becoming a part of one community of respect and love. And all of you, I hope that you have that and find that as we enter 2019. Find your peace. Find your happiness. Uh, I am working on finding my happiness. My happiness has found me in a very, very, very strong way. Uh, an undeniable way. And there's nothing that can describe to you the way that I feel right now. I'm just really happy about the way my life has started to go uh, with a little pushing over the last couple of weeks, uh, especially this last week. Um, 
find the special things to you, embrace them, and love them. Don't be afraid of it. Just be happy. And I want all of that for you in 2019. So to my pad people, I raise my glass to you. Uh, this is, 2018 was our year. It was the year of Prospects After Dark. It was the year of Cardinal Gifts. It was the year of Birds on the Black. It was the year of Prospects After Dark. I feel like we started to change the landscape here and what social media means to the Cardinal Nation. And you are responsible for that. I'm just some asshole in front of a camera. You are all changing that. Remember, take these lessons, these talks into your own life. Uh, and to Twitter, and to all that stuff. Uh, so to all of my pad people, I raise my glass. You are fucking magical. Uh, why am I crying in the club right now from Stu Styles? Because uh, you you doing it. Ashley, 2019 is going to kick ass. Absolutely. Uh, so, real fast, uh, we have two more drinks, and I'm going to try to get them out of the way real quick. To the Hicks family, uh, Mr. Jason Hicks, I wish you and your wife and your son and your daughter an amazing amount of incredible success in 2019. Uh, 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 I will make a point tomorrow, around New Year's, to, no, at some point during tomorrow, to cheers to you and your family. I love you guys. I mean that. I cannot wait to see you. Hopefully, we can do the Baseball Writers Association of America dinner on the 20th. If not, when you're in town, I want to see you guys. I love you. To you for being a part of this because it means it means a great deal to me. Which brings me to my final, uh, like you lie, maybe it's the whiskey. Uh, yeah, group hug, look. Uh, the, the the one thing about Pad is I feel like every night that we do Prospects After Dark is like one big group hug, right? Uh, sure, half of us are topless and half of us are bottomless and we're just trying to figure out exactly what to touch. Uh, but that's Prospects After Dark and you guys make it that way. It's just one big fucking hug once a week and it's beautiful and it's wonderful and it's organic and it's lovely. Uh, but as you know, we do our last cheers every night to my Birds on the Black family. That starts with my, my brother from another mother, Cardinal's Gifts, and his brother, Friggin' Cards. I'm just going to throw it out there. I don't care anymore. Uh, but to my brothers from another mother, uh, Cards, Gifts, and Friggin' Cards, I love you guys with all of my heart. It goes to our uh, Nicholas, Nicholas Childress, who looks like a nerdy hipster, Mike Schilt. Uh, Stu Styles, who does our daily recaps of games. He does it better than anyone. Ben Cerruti, who's working on a projection system that is beautiful and wonderful and you're going to want to stay tuned for at Birds on the Black. Tara Wellman, who has been getting amazing interviews with amazing media members, who is a very, very smart and intelligent uh, young, young lady who has an amazing future ahead of her. Chuck Brownson and Eric Manning, who I don't even know if they really exist in real life, uh, but they're people on Twitter who write amazing articles about amazing stuff that, to be honest, is above me because I'm so fucking stupid. Uh, Cards Cards, who I don't even know if exists, uh, who I honestly kind of view as a brother in arms in a weird way, but I also hate at the same time. Uh, that's how you deal with your brother sometimes, and uh, he's there. Uh, so I, all I'm trying to say is, look, I'm a part of an amazing family, and uh, boy, do I feel so fucking privileged to be a part of the Birds on the Black family. And I feel even more privileged to be a part of the even more privileged to be a part of the Prospect After Dark community that all of you have cultivated. Uh, so to Birds on the Black and to Pad, which is all one big, beautiful hug, uh, I raise my glass to you. And Ashley. 
All right, I've got nothing else. That's it for me. I've drank way too much. Uh, I'm not really as drunk as I thought I was, honestly. But to everybody at, uh, every, hi. If you watch this, you're a part of the resistance. Uh, for everybody at Birds on the Black, everybody at Prospects After Dark, I say Happy New Year. Fucking own it. Own it, own it, own it, own it, own it, own 2019. Uh, for everybody at Birds on the Black, everybody at Prospects After Dark, I am Kyle Reese. I am your humble, humble host. Uh, happy hunting. If you watch this or if you're listening to this, you're part of the resistance. The resistance. And I love you guys. You're the best. Happy New Year.